So hello and welcome to episode 12 of Rebel City Podcast. Um, as always, well, welcome back. Not aye. as, not as almost always. Almost always. Aye, almost, but not quite. I know. Good, Matt. It's good to have you back, man. It's good to be back, mate. Um, unfortunately, I have no appreciation for some of the you know guests we've previously had that day what they do in their spare time, you know, real life getting the way last time, unfortunately, but glad to be back. Aye, definitely, man. Good to have you back, man. Um, we had a couple of people, like, cancel in the last couple of weeks, so mm. it's been, it feels like it's been so long since we did one. Definitely, I think, because we started so quickly as well, there's definitely been a bit of a, a gap there for us, so hopefully we can start, you know, bashing them back out again pretty quickly. Aye, and this will be pretty much the first time that we don't have, like, a subject matter. So no. Quite interesting, just to see. Aye, it's been, um, I think the, the nature of why I've not been about has meant that you know, I've been busy with other things and coming into the day, you know, it is the first time I've been like, do you know what, actually, I'm about to sit down and I don't really have any agenda today, so it's a bit of a weird feeling. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I mean, I was just sort of thinking there, like, I wonder what to talk about. I had, a, I had a quite a cool conversation with my barber <laughs> All right, aye. Um, a couple of weeks ago. Um, I was actually, like, talking to him about the podcast and talking to him about what we're talking about, sort of, like, mental health and mm-hmm. men's mental health and suppose we've touched on sort of poverty and stuff in the uh, uh, on the ball podcast but um, he was uh, talking to me about sort of like men's attitudes and he was quite interested he wanted to watch the Brothers and Arms uh, damn Proverbs one so he was talking right he was just saying stuff that really sort of I was like this guy he, he was telling me that he'd suffered through depression mm-hmm. um, obviously I'm not going to say who he is um, yeah. or where he works but he'd suffered through depression um and a lot of what caused his depression was sort of like his dad's attitude towards him. Okay. And like sort of growing up, we had this conversation where um, it was we basically were just hitting each other with like the sort of like one liners that your dad used to have that would just cut you in half. Okay. Like, and we were just so one of the ones that I I, I can totally like just I I always think about this is my dad used to say is is. If I was crying, it'd say to me, like, if you don't stop crying, I'm going to give you something to cry about. <laughs> and the guy was like, right, so he was like, snap. And I was like, right, so Aye. it's quite a common one. And um, we were just talking about, like, that sort of attitude and how it just causes men to be, like, emotionless almost, mm. like, sort of, like, robotic when it comes to trying to share stuff and yeah. talk about your emotions. Um I know I find it difficult. I mean, even like talking to people that I'm closest to, try to even just say how you're feeling. It's oh, I. It's something that's I don't know. It's it's different for everybody. You know what I mean? Like, there's definitely definitely times that it's something I don't want to talk about. You know what I mean? Like, I had a, an incident recently where you know it, it didn't a, a conversation about my mental health didn't go the way I wanted it to go. Um, it's probably better that that's all I can really say about it. It was well-intentioned, and you know, but it just missed the mark. And I think it's important sometimes to know when to talk as as much as the fact that you, you have to talk. I think there's times where, you know, if you're not careful about how you approach people, then, you know, they might take a well-intentioned thing the wrong way um, and put somebody back further. So I think it's given me a wee bit of different appreciation in recent weeks is that as, as much as a day and we have kind of talked about it is important to talk I think there's something to be said for making sure that you're approaching it in the right way when you're approaching somebody about it you know what I mean mm-hmm. I definitely I mean it's kind of like um, it's like 
it's uh, it's kind of like trying to help people think like you're saying they're well intentioned, mm-hmm. but it, ultimately people are going to need to want help. Yeah. Before, so that I think that's where a lot of people give a lot of advice. Yeah, I think this is kind of something that was I, I was quite impressed with how, um, as we were talking before we we came on the night, um, Tyson Fury addressed you know his issues and in, in recent days, recent weeks or whatever it was that that he was online, and look. Like, I think one of the big things he said was it had to come for him. So I think it's you know it's it's going to be personal. It's going to be about you. Mm-hmm. you know what I mean, like, but I think it was quite impressive to see a heavyweight boxer, you know, the kind of pure bastion in a masculinity, actually be quite you know open and, and quite you know insightful about who he is as a person. Yeah, you know what I mean. Hundred percent, man. I mean, I that <clears throat> I love that podcast. Um, just seeing a guy um, just sit there and be honest was actually quite refreshing aye it freaks people out like I, I I don't know I think I had a thing I can't remember what I got through but it just it was like a, some, it was a shitty TV show or something Sunday was doing an experiment in honesty and we were just completely honest all the time and it became about other people's reactions to how honest he was and stuff like that and I think that's still like an actual thing I think when you're are like pure straight with somebody sometimes it can be quite a jarring you know experience for them you know what I mean mm-hmm. like, but I think it's important that you get beyond it when somebody wants to talk to you about you know, that type of conversation. Aye, definitely. In the last few weeks, um, I've been like, I mean, other than no podcasting, I've been like ridiculously busy. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had like uni assignments due. I, I was, I've been doing in England like twice in two weeks, which, I mean, it does kind of take it out of you, just mm-hmm. that sort of, like I'm used to a kind of routine. Yeah. And when you get took out of that routine, it kind of hits you a wee bit, but, um, the last sort of like five days, mm. I've I felt amazing because right. I'm I'm back training, like feeling good about my training. Ah, uh, your injury hit you quite hard. Oh, definitely. But back then that, um, I've went up and did stuff for work, like went up and spoke at a conference, which might not seem like much, but I mean, I was shit myself. I know. Going up and I think public speaking has got to be the one that terrifies everybody into mm-hmm. you know I mean what and like at least 75% of the audience was English yeah and probably so Garmin, like, but <laughs> <laughs> get your best Ewan McGregor voice on I see so you need to seriously tone it and yeah. slow, slow down your speaking and stuff but um I felt great about that and um, because I, I really didn't want to do it I think that's one of the things but is like that's I think, again, we were talking about uh, Darren Brown, and obviously saying, like, we victories, you know, like, daily stuff that you can really take, like, a level of pride out of. Like, I think something like that's right in the sweet spot there, where, like, if you asked almost all the population of the world if they wanted to get up and speak for 10 minutes, like, the uptake would be minimal, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, so you go and date, I think that is quite a, a cool thing, you know what I mean? Like, um, it's something that used to terrify me, like, sitting up in a like a uni class or a, you know a, a seminar where I was asked to gain an opinion on something you know me I have opinions you know what I mean like, and, and in the company of my friends I have absolutely no issue you know what I mean talking mm-hmm. to you know multiple people or whatever but it used to be something that would like bring me out in sweats whereas now I go out and brief as you say like teams presentations all that kind of stuff like and I think it's quite a cool thing it doesn't doesn't hold fear for me anymore don't get me wrong, if it was something that was important, I'd be nervous about doing it mm-hmm. because it was an important thing. But the actual notion in my head now, like getting up and talking in front of people, well, as I suppose this kind of backs up a wee bit, is that 
I'm pretty cool right now. Aye. Well, well that's what I was going to say. It's quite a rewarding experience, but when you get it right. Somebody said about that, putting that into perspective and at the lunchtime, and a guy uh, that I work with, and he, he's watched the podcast, and he was, I was like, I was shutting myself, getting up, and he was like, you're putting yourself at potentially an infinite amount of people, almost. Yeah. Well, he's I, like, I know it is. Um, and you've, you've done that without any fear, but it was really, I felt really good about it. And I, I've had, I handed in like an assignment. I worked decent amount on my assignment for uni and was quite happy with what I, I handed in. So I've just been, I had a, like a good sort of week. Nice. I said like over the injury and feeling good about getting back at the gym. Um, So I, I mean, it's, I think it's important that you acknowledge when you're feeling good as well as when you're not feeling so good. Absolutely. Because the, the week before that was... It was just everything was in front of me. I just uh, felt like everything's coming up. No. Right, I had to hand in my assignment by the Monday. Then my presentation was on the Tuesday. Mm-hmm. I was like, "This is really two big things." I'm yeah. also involved in another sort of project that's taking up quite a lot of time and work. And um, it's, I, it's like these are quite big things that I've took up. And I was thinking about maybe I should have like, been a wee bit more wary. Mm-hmm. But once I got out the other side, mm. I was like, yes. It's what I love when I'm mean? at work is when I feel like it, it sounds daft because it's maybe slightly counterproductive is that I actually feel at my best at work and in life in general when I feel that way. Like when there's maybe just a wee tiny bit too much going on. You know what I mean? Like I think it's what keeps me sort of moving forward, generally speaking. I mean, but at the same time, there is times where like in recent weeks I've, I've had the, the last week off work getting ready for, you know, the sort of winter kick-off. Um, a lot of my work's quite seasonal. And, um, <clears throat> you know, unfortunately get tagged with a chest infection last week and spent May it just sitting in front of my PlayStation, kidding on it was Spider-Man or, you know, t- Lara Croft for a bit as well, playing FIFA and just generally feeling sorry for myself most of the week. But, um, aye, the break's good. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm quite looking forward to getting back next week and just getting torn in, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, but... Aye, uh, I think for me, I'm on the opposite end. I think I've always said like my awareness is kind of like functional, and I think because I was so busy and, and about other stuff, it was. And I'd say in recent weeks, it's probably something that I've just blocked it. So it's not something I've gave an awful lot of consideration to because I was in kind of like attack mode, eyes front. You know what I mean? Like so, mm-hmm. it was weird getting ready for the day to be like knowing obviously a few bits and bobs you want to talk about and being like. I've got, I don't feel like I've actually got anything in that ballpark where it's, I don't know. But then that in itself became weird to me. That mm-hmm. I, you know, I've had a three or four week period where I never really like spent any time acknowledging my own, you know, feelings or whatever, you know what I mean? But I don't think I was depressed. I don't think I was, you know, oh, I, I, it just wasn't something that was on my radar. It's kind of quite a weird thought retrospectively mm-hmm. that I wasn't really kind of aware at the time, which was odd. Mm. So, like, the, the Tyson Fury stuff, like, are you a, a believer in goal setting? Um, I think so. I think it's, they've got, there's, I, I like the realistic stuff, like the day-to-day stuff. It's what keeps me sort of ticking over. Um, and I think if you're going to then build for there, it gives you a good platform. You know what I mean? Like, I think there's definitely been times where I've set, uh, you know, goals over-ambitiously and then fell, you know, at the first or second hurdle and that becomes quite a kind of cyclical experience where because you feel what you feel you need to then go and aim at the same thing again and again and again and mm-hmm. all you're doing is repetitively setting yourself up for failure so I've been there but uh, I think that's probably where 
like the mindfulness and stuff comes in for me is that the mere day-to-day mundane stuff is the stuff where you can start to build a wee bit of sort of personal momentum. I think kind of Eva touched on that as well when she was talking to Richard. Mm-hmm. I've, I, I mean, I'm, I've, I've been considering it since watching um, the, that podcast and mm-hmm. been sort of thinking about. I, I do set myself goals, but I don't think I'm particularly accountable. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've been sort of thinking about making more sort of like long-term, mid-term and short-term goals. Right. But actually being accountable for them mm-hmm. and keep myself to them because I think that a lot of the sort of... Um, well, I don't, I don't particularly know if I've got very many long-term goals. Okay. Like actual long-term goals. Mm. Quite like to live ab- abroad, but other than that, it's, it's kind of like, I'm just sort of gone with the flow, but Aye. maybe I should set myself... Like more sort of broader, like fam. Do you want a family? Like making mm. these sort of decisions. You know yeah. What I mean? Maybe it's just because it's been my birthday. But oh, you're getting all philosophical because you're getting old now. <laughs> I don't, don't, think, I don't think so. But it's just it, that it, the that podcast that it struck a nerve. I was like, mm, that's a it's an idea. I do set goals. Mm. I mean, I've I've went back in education. Like yeah. I've done these, but I've got. I don't know if I've got very many like real big long-term goals that i'm like doing sort of short-term things to push towards yeah. but i'm doing loads of different things this is it it's it's you've got to keep moving and, and like obviously in terms of personal life we've already got you know family mm-hmm. um you know would we like to be getting married totally that's you know in our long-term plan but you know health issues and various other things can i sometimes get in the way of that mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, it doesn't mean that just because you're dealing with real life doesn't mean that that ultimate goal isn't still something that you know you can still work towards. You know what I mean? So I, I definitely think that's more about you know bite-sized chunks, you know, step at a time sort of stuff. You know what I mean? Like, um, don't want to get there too quickly either. You know what I mean? Like, because I think again, like the the guy Fury was saying, the the big thing that kind of resonated with me was when he goes well. My, my life was about beating this guy Klitschko and then I beat him and then was like, so what's my life about now? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, so I think you've got to be careful of that as well, not to put too much into something that's probably quite achievable or within your, within your wheelhouse too much, you know what I mean? Like, because, I don't know, you, can't, you might become sick of success, I don't know. Mm, it's an interesting thought. I mean, I think it's when the... I think it's when when you put too many, like you were sort of touching on there, you put too many eggs in the one basket. I think that once you realise, because what generally tends to happen is for somebody to be a success is, is they don't put a lot of work into very much else. Mm. There's this whole, uh, I think it's actually like probably encouraged in this sort of day and age, of like laser focus mm. and being like, be specific. And it's about pushing towards uh. this one goal. What does um, the, the data tell us? <laughs> like buzzwords, buzzwords, and like meetings. But no, like the yeah, like people put so much effort into one area of their life that the rest of the areas sort of suffer. Aye. And then when they're a massive success in this one area, uh, then they they sort of look around them and realise that maybe it it wasn't what it was cracked up to be. Aye. I think success it it needs to be multi sort of faceted in your and life. they all need to be linked to each other. I think, uh, you know, one of the biggest benefits for me when I 
kind of wounds in the road are trying to you know deal with my mental health more successfully than maybe I did in the past. Like work and the focus on work was a big thing for me because. I wanted to be seen as somebody who conducted themselves in a certain way, performed at a certain level, and, you know, was somebody who was, you know, worthy of opportunities elsewhere in the business, etc., etc. So, but then once that kind of behaviour was something I was able to get hoddy, like, there's totally elements of it that you can apply then to your personal life. And I did then find that I sought out, you know, improvements in my mood and, you know, how I medicate and, you know, meditation and all these other things. But I think that that's just an extension of the journey that I was already on, even though, the journey started to be like a pure sharp, as you say, laser focus on work. I think it's something that has then bled into other areas of my life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, so I think the useful, and I think, as you say, it's merely a, it is merely a holistic approach. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think once you, what I think, see, once you experience improvement, yeah. then you start to go, what if I did that here? Yeah, exactly. And then once you do it there, you're like, well, it's going to work here as well. Mm-hmm. And then you just, there's, there almost seems like a never-ending sort of... <laughs> that's, you know, it does become daunting sometimes, I think. Mm-hmm. Especially, that's one of the big issues I find, is motivation, is struggle to get, you know, if there's other stuff on, pardon me, to then bring that focus out of something that's maybe no, and as desperate need yet to put it somewhere else is quite a, I don't know, difficult process for me. I, I find that struggle to switch up gears. Mm-hmm. All right. I, 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 I think I've, I well, I definitely, I would say, I, I agree, and I struggle with that mm. a lot. Um, just as described, like trying to motivate yourself to, it's almost there's almost like a at the end of something like that. There's almost like a sort of grieving process that you need to go through, and you go through it every single time. I was actually talking about it with a guy in work, and it's one of the, my my telltale sign is that I need to switch up gears. Is that I've come home for work that night. I'm texting back and forth. It usually be tricky about a movie that we're watching or a he's watched or a recommender or I'm watching and I must take something jokey he says and give him workmat's answer at like half past ten or pure random Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. And he's got to go, mate. And like you pure slip straight back into it and I'm like, okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. You know what I mean? Like, so aye, there is telltale signs when I need to switch up gears, but I'm repeatedly not very good at it. Aye. So other than that, like what's what's been going on? Have you been um, well, enjoying the football. Well, this is that Celtic have been playing better, so aye, life is good again. Um, well, that's what I was thinking actually, just right there as I was sort of talking through, like I'm feeling really good and this has been happening. I was thinking to myself, it strangely coincides with Celtic. Is it, is it just that Celtic started scoring goals? <laughs> I hope no, <laughs> I, I can I hope no as well, to be honest with you, but it's definitely in the mix, you know what I mean? Like, um, other than that, I don't know. I, I, as I said, the week half wasn't feeling too great. Um, one of the things I kind of do in my spare time, and I did kind of tweet about it through the week, um, and it's, again, talking back and forth with, you know, mates, so like tricky and that. Uh, it's a, a kind of thing I do. It's called Movies I me- I've Always Meant to Watch. So this week has been a good week for, like, basically movies that I've, I've always meant to get into but I haven't done. Right. Um, so, like, earlier on in the week, I watched North by Northwest for the first time, like the Alfred Hitchcock um, guy gets mistaken for a spy and gets pure dragged into like a, a whole thing. Um, right. I've never seen it, never heard it. It's pretty cool. It's like, it's, it's meant to be one of his, his kind of best ever movies sort of thing. Um, it's a bit dated, obviously. Um, what year was it? At like 60 something. I, I don't know exactly. Right. Um, but I mean, it was a good movie. It was of its time and stuff like that. I think the premise is a wee bit 
I don't know. You, I don't know if you'd get away with the premise nowadays, but it was an actual good like spy thriller, which is rare for American cinema. You know what I mean? Well, or, well by comparison to British cinema. Um, what else did I watch? I watched The Thing. Right. Um, but I made an absolute dicky myself because um, I put it on Amazon one night and was like, I, like this is like half an hour in. I've not paid any attention to it. And I was like, I don't even get why this is a classic. Like, why do people like this movie? Like, this is fucking terrible. Turned it off. Went back like a week later after speaking to one of my mates going, I hated that movie and he was disgusted. And I went, well, get another dig. <laughs> and I brought, I brought it was I. You've, you've met Ricky, he was disgusted with right, me. Okay. Uh, and I put it on a week later, again, this time on another platform, Sky or whatever, and actually got the right version of the thing and didn't realise that I'd spent like half or 45 minutes the week before watching a pure shady remake for like 2011. Oh no. But I actually got like the proper 80s one, like 10 seconds in and get the pure 80s horror synth and was like, oh. Right, pure, right so yes. that's what I did last week, you know what I mean? So it's not been without failings, but it's right. been good. So I watched a few good movies and felt sorry for myself when I was no well. Um, Sounds like, well, other than no being well sounds like a good week off ah, it was, it's just it was, that sod's law like two days before you're supposed to go on holiday oh, and man. it's just like it was brutal doing with the flu Aye, I was at this, uh, coming back for the Celtic game on Thursday night two of the lads in there were Richie and, and Murphy and uh, we're cutting through Deniston getting back to the motor and I was. this was the first time I'd been out in like a week and they were going through Deniston up through the hilly, hilly streets and I was having to go mate can we go the flat way <laughs> I mean like, so aye it's been a bit it's been a bit yucky, but it's all good. Ah, yeah. uh, trying, uh, what else do I watch? North by Northwest, the thing. Um, nah, the Warriors, I watched that recently. Oh, brilliant. Um, I, again, I, 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 probably something that I, I don't know if you'd do. No, mm-hmm. I don't know. But I, I fun. Did you, you know enjoy I mean? it? Like, I, would, I, I was just going to say there, is it one of the movies that you need the nostalgia? To go with it. Maybe I've seen it at the time or whatever, uh-huh. possibly. I didn't I didn't quite connect with it in the same way as I did be like the what was the one? It was a uh, two thousand and one. That was the first one I watched. Right. No this week, but very recently anyway. Uh, and that was just absolute madness. Absolutely loved it. But that's something I just ordinarily wouldn't have watched. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, that, that I mean, the thing I must have seen the thing. No. Some somewhere along the line. Yeah. There's no way I mean some of the mates that I've had I with, with like that type of like movie classic movie I must have seen it I don't remember it but um 2001 uh, Space Odyssey's one that's on my list well oh my god see the amount of times that I've been flicking through things and seen it and just been pure the first 20 minutes are absolutely mm. bonkers so they are it's like an actual like opera that explains the big bang and evolution and then cuts into this movie right it's mental but it's it's like it's brilliant. So it is it's like Stanley Kubrick, isn't it? Aye, and the special effects. Like I remember watching, you know, shady eighties, nineties sci-fi growing up and stuff like that, um, and some really good stuff. Obviously, all the alien stuffs all great, and you know, Predator and all that kind of stuff was brilliant. But like stuff before that didn't really like age well. Like when you see like you know, the original Star Trek TV show and it's got the, the hang on strings and it's just like a pure shady miniature, you know what right. I mean? Like, whereas we see 2001, it hods up, it's made in like 1963, 64, something like that. Was it that early? Aye, like in the pure early 60s and like when you watch the actual sequences with like spaceships and stuff like that, it's still all miniatures and shit, but it pure hods up, it, they actually look right. brilliant, so they do. It must have been 
remastered. Quite possibly, but right. I mean, at the time, it would have been mind blown. Aye. you know what I mean, like to see it almost Star Wars esque. Aye, it's, I've, and there's a lot of ships in it that you actually see that. Obviously, Star Wars is later where you're going. Mm, you know, they're iconic at that point. 10, 15 years later, right. when Star Wars comes out, that there is nods in some of the Star Wars ships and how they're put together. Right, Faye, two thousand and one, which again, they're no, you know big talking points or anything like that but you if you've seen the two you'll be like oh do you know what that does look a bit star wars but it was like whatever 12 years before it came out you know what i mean have you ever seen the george lucas um t is i was gonna say thc it's me just wishful things (laughs) tcx to like it's the sound guys or whatever it uh is thx thx he's got like a movie that's that was named after that he made like a movie like it just i think it might have been before he did the one about the American graffiti. Okay. So he did American graffiti before Star Wars, but I think he did this one before THX. Um, and it's it's like apparently it's very like sort of two thousand one Space Odyssey esque. Oh, right. It's very like surreal. So he's toying about in that area before. Aye. By so it, with Star it Wars. wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if there was a lot of influence there. No. Um, and it's opera. It's like a space opera. Yeah. There's got to be noise so, to it, I think. You know what I, I mean? Definitely. I've been watching, well, it's been a couple of weeks now, apart from South Park, I've been like... Everybody's like, been telling me to watch the new one, I've not got into it yet. See, for like the last like six months to a year, I've done nothing but watch South Park. Aye. It's like, I just put it on. That's and it just the background cycles. noise. Aye. Aye. So I've been watching a lot of South Park, but um, watched a lot of Adam Sandler. Um, oh, no, mate, no. Have you seen his... <laughs> special no. on netflix it's absolutely fucking hilarious i'm sure it is but like i've it's, systematically it's no, like, spent like most of my like netflix time voting down everything <laughs> that includes adam sandler kevin smith or any kevin re- smith no 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 the, all the ones for grown-ups like kevin james uh, kevin james oh, Chris you Rock know, as Chris well Rock gets a buy okay so he does cool. but the rest of them can all right. basically get to fuck and like i've Honestly, and it's it, it makes me question the Netflix algorithm. So it does because still pushing you, Adam still Sandler. pushing me, Adam Sandler. It's because all the it's time. like six percent Adam Sandler or something. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm like, I don't know how many times I need to tell you Netflix that no, I do not want to see Adam Sandler or any of the guys we've grown up. He's he's all specials. It's brilliant. Aye, um, it's it's no like pure Adam Sandler. Well, it's all, it is a wee bit, but Aye. he's just. I mean, it's like a gig. He's singing pretty I remember, much all the way through. This is how old I am. I remember actual tape cassettes going around school at St Andrews where Adam Sandler's stand-up on it when people were listening to it like headphones. Because really? he used to like sing songs and like some of them were pretty vile and stuff like that. So they were, his stand-up was, I, I don't know, like, what? would you liken it to like Robin Williams or something like that? No, this is more like... He's done like funny voices and... No, oh, that shit. this is that I he, he did do that. It's like the Saturday Night Live, and they did like characters skits. and aye, they did like skits um, with Chris, the big dude that died of overdose. Okay, um, Farley, Chris Farley, aye, and um, the, the guys that pop up in all his movies. Um, I was saying to Sean, like, is it spot his mates? Just watch Adam Sandler's movies and just look at the guys that are in aye. all these movies, like yeah. John Stewart. <clears throat> Um, who's the wee weaselly guy with the blonde Rob hair? Schneider Schneider maybe Rob Schneider is he the juggalo right no but the other one that was he's 
He plays a creepy bastard and stuff a lot. He's, a, he's in Grown Ups. Aye, he plays aye. a pervert. Aye. aye. I don't know his name. No. Purposefully don't aye. know his name. Okay. Oi, them. Aye. aye. They've all been like, a guy can and, fuck I, off. I'm not saying I've never ever watched an Adam Sandler movie that I didn't enjoy. I did. I'm just I'm just done with them, that's all. Right. <laughs> we, we watched we watched we watched Happy Gilmore, um, which is a classic, Aye. like a fucking classic. Um, and what else did I watch? I, I watched another one of these movies, uh, Wedding Singer. Right. And then I watched his, his stand-up special, but the special's brilliant, honestly. So you're the reason that Netflix Probably. keeps booking Adam Sandler shit? Probably. <laughs> um, I think that kind of makes us enemies now, man. Ah, oh, dude. <laughs> I, I genuinely think Adam Sandler's hilarious. I mean, I don't watch... I've no, I've, I've seen Grown Ups. I've seen the first Grown Ups, and it's told me enough that, that I don't need to watch Grown Ups too. I get forced to Alex the way the way you liked both of them, so oh, I've been no. I've had to sit through them multiple times. I'm pretty sure. Oh my god! Ah, it's grim. I think he he pretty much made a hint that they've made grown ups and that's their comedy special. Oh, damn you! Damn you, Adam Sandler! God damn you, Adam Sandler! Um, no, no, fair play him. Fair play him. I've watched. Um, I've been watching quite a lot of sort of comedy. A lot of comedy on Netflix as right. well. Like tons and tons of stand up comedy. It's like, yeah. Never ending, aye. But um, a and few, the minute you watch one again, the algorithms are one. There's there's a few that have been exceptional. I I genuinely think that Adam Sandler one. I mean, it blew me away because mm-hmm. I never because your expectations were so low. Exactly. <laughs> I'd never seen any stand up, okay. so I had just thought this is going to be shit. He's right. too he's too famous to be writing it, and it's any good. It's like when people are like pure. Oh, the Liam Gallagher album, and you're just like fuck off like, <laughs> give me a break like it's decent it's Aye. never going to be any more decent but it was it was excellent man Fair enough. he totally showed me i was like do you know what that's why that guy has got to where he oh, is aye. um james acaster you seen this guy this is the lad that does the three-part thing mm-hmm. i've not watched it yet is it two or two or three i think it was repertoire three. or something like that. it's really good man and the it's that sort of like he's a bit strange yeah if you know what i mean but um the the quality of the writing and the actual delivery that the guy does is yeah. excellent. I think I heard a couple of people in like American podcasts talk about it, and you're just like, that's uh, Daniel Sloss as well. I've been meaning to watch that one because, again, obviously, he sounds well. He's definitely Scottish, but he's Edinburgh. Is he from Edinburgh? Uh, um, but again, I've not got rid of that one yet. Um, recently, I'm I'm kind of I quite like firing a bit of stand up on, um, just kind of. Again, background noise or whatever. Um, for me, the recent Dave Chappelle specials are just... Oh, yes. Oh, right. my God. The guy's an absolute genius. And I think when we're a bit older, we're a bit wiser now, he just, just doesn't give a fuck. And it's 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 so so much fun to watch him just go out there and offend people. Like, it's it's hilarious. Like, um, enjoyed the Joe Rogan one. Um, I thought that this one was neat. I mean, obviously, he... He was saying, like, this is the best one I've ever mm. done. You're like, fair enough, man. I laughed. I, I, th- I thought that the one before triggered was yeah. better. I thought that, aye, that was, but then again, when I was thinking about it, I was like, that was the first time that I'd seen him do stand up. I knew him for UFC. And um, pretty much was like, that's a dude after UFC doing stand up and watched it and was like, fucking hell, man. Like, that was excellent. But it was it was good. I just aye. didn't quite think it was as good as the last one, but what are you going to do? Yeah. Um, have you watched Bert Chrysler? So there's a few of the American ones that I know pop up on various mm-hmm. podcasts and stuff like that that I've not really kind of got around to yet. 
Um, I like the fella Doug Stanhope, but I've always liked him because he's, excellent. he's basically like my spirit animal. So mm-hmm. he is like, um, but <laughs> I, I could see myself being like Doug Stanhope, except probably no funny, you know, just a pure dishevelled alky in the corner of a, you know, airport somewhere. He suits, like, man. Aye. He's fucking suits. He goes, he gets all of them for like charity shots. Yeah. He does like charity shot punts. Aye. Um, I seen him talk about a charity shot punt that he done in Glasgow. Um, <laughs> wow. And he was talking about he was talking about um Byers Road. Do you remember yeah. when the Ox farm there used to get Aye. the BBC cast offs? Right. And he was talking about that he was doing a gig at the he must have been at the stand. He just said that the Glasgow Comedy Club and went, we went to this charity shop and it was right next to like a TV studio and they got it yep. and he was like he bought like four suits or something. <laughs> but his suits are excellent, man. They're so Aye. cool. Aye. Um I mean otherwise, I mean I know, obviously, um, I, I, we've had a few guests on recently. Um, actually, seen that um, Kevin or Kevin or whatever he is now, the artist formerly known as, has launched his new season of um, Flat Two Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so and it's excellent as aye, well, man. Aye, it's been great so far. Um, but there's a few other guys as well. I mean, and obviously, I was saying to you as well that um, the guys at the On the Ball campaign. Um, who obviously Adam was good enough to come and talk to us. They actually are now pushing. I think when we spoke to them, thirty clubs at the time. Mm-hmm. I think yesterday became forty-five all across the UK, and number forty-five was Liverpool FC as well as Everton previous weeks and stuff like that. So I think that um, domino effect we were talking about is as well in action. And and just want to take a minute to say well played to them because the reaction for female supporters up in the country has been overwhelmingly positive. Aye. So. You know definitely. what I mean? They just need to keep plugging away. Yeah, well, definitely. Well Chapter verse as well, man. Like that song. Yeah. Ink. Ink's brilliant. What a song, man. Aye. Getting... Launched it on the what, Radio One rock show, mm-hmm. which was a big, big jump for them, man. Aye, definitely. Like, they've been absolutely all over the place with gigs and stuff on social media. Like they look like having a lot, a lot of fun, man. Aye. So aye, they're doing really well, man. And hopefully, like, if they can back up, we can get them back on. Oh, absolutely. Anytime. Well, well, I will be getting tell. Obviously, I'm getting bombed doing next time. I know. Well, it's, I mean, we've got a couple of things coming up. Um, we've been talking to a few people. Um, I'm, I'm actually like wanting to just get some more like ideas around like um, what types of guests to get on and stuff yeah. like that. Like, I don't. I think we like we've. We've definitely like I enjoy talking about mental health and I enjoy talking about like issues that people face yeah. and um I just I don't don't really know like where else to sort of look. Yeah, my but I've got a few people that I'm in the process of talking to just now. I think with it being a kind of new thing for us relatively speaking, that's um so, so it's quite a difficult process sometimes to mm-hmm. kind of really tie people down and, and get them in but a lot of folk are chatting away with us and, and you know saying they're interested so hopefully we can continue in that respect um, for me I, I like to see a, a, you know as much of a variety as possible I've, the ones I've enjoyed is the you know I think I really enjoyed having Greg in um, and just that you know he was not really here as part of a cause or a charity like, but we had other causes and charities and just I, I like to keep I think personally just to keep mixing it up as much as possible. So I think if anybody thinks they've got anything they can contribute, whether it be that they want to come in and talk to us about what they're up to or maybe, again, they want to submit, you know, anything in writing that we can publish it on websites or blogs anything for them, mm-hmm. you know, get a bit of debate going, we'd be happy to do that as well. So it's really just about 
anybody that has listened in, to step uh, forward definitely. and get involved, man. I mean, we're looking at, at looking at the sort of statistics and stuff. We're getting run about or just over like three hundred listens per podcast, which is across like decent. all the platforms, which is amazing. I uh-huh. mean, I, like we've, we've said to each other in conversations, I don't really care about mm-hmm. the amount of people. I mean, it's it would be nice, um, but I mean, it's it. I like to do this because I like to do it. Aye, and I've then, enjoyed doing it as well, and that's kind of I think why we decided to go the night one. Um, I, I mean, I, I've enjoyed the ones where we've been sitting talking to the bands. Like, I, I, I don't know. I feel in my older years, I'd be a bit disconnected from music now when it used to be something that was a pure massive, massive joy for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I haven't guys like the chapter in Versin and and hopefully other bands in future. Oh, definitely. Um, is something that I'm really interested in because it's just like it's an interesting perspective. Like, see when you're out there doing something that you really want to do with your life, and and starting to build a bit of success for yourself, it's great to talk about that and share it with other people, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, and I think, you know, it's a it's an interesting it's always been something people have interested to hear about. You know, there's never been stories about bands that people didn't want to hear. You know what I mean? Like, of course, I so, um so that's something that I'd I would I'd like to explore a lot more. Hopefully get the Colonel Mustard Dijon mm-hmm. five guys in before their uh, gig at the Barrowlands at Christmas. I think they've got that's like exciting. a big big sort of headline show in the Barrowlands, I think it's like 22nd of December, so mm-hmm. we'll get them done. And they're really involved in like sort of homeless charities and CND yeah. and stuff like that, so I, I think that'll be a great I'd, one. I'd personally be interested, and again, it's because it's a, an area that I personally don't have a huge amount of experience with, is like the Glasgow dancing. Like I know there's you know a lot of good DJs and promoters and various other folk out there that are doing interesting stuff, not just in clubs but beyond, you know what I mean? Like, um, I think you know because the two of us are you know fans of bands. Like, I don't want that to be something that you know pigeonholes us. I think the folk have got interesting experiences. Other you know experience at the Glasgow Club scene. I'd, I'd love to hear it because it's a totally different perspective. I think as well, one of the other areas that we've not really touched on. It's a really important issue. Is like you know like the you know gay communities and stuff like that. There's a lot of stuff that's been on very recently, both in the UK and elsewhere in the world. That you know we just don't have any perspective. Of personally because we're you know relatively close to middle-aged white straight men uh, <laughs> i mean like, so uh you know i personally would quite like to hear I've, I've always quite enjoyed you know reading and and sort of watching documentaries in this area but it's a it's an experience that i have no sort of personal connection I get, to i got absolutely schooled one time um by somebody where i had always had this idea of sort of like egalitarianism okay and like like sort of anti-segregation which i felt came from a very very sort of like nice place like um i always felt that the sort of pride Mm -hmm. i don't i like obviously have got absolutely no issue with pride yeah but why was it i always sort of thought why is it no more inclusive of just everybody yeah and get absolutely schooled by somebody that was just like what straight men don't need a safe space <laughs> yeah they've got it at the football yeah they've got it in the pub the bookies the bo- all these different places the why do you need <laughs> why do you need to feel inclusive and pride what of their thing yeah exactly and i just it just made me think it just made me go do you know what You're fucking bang on man like but the, the pride thing started i know it's it's like you know to a, a degree anyway a more commercialized more kind of like 
public thing. Well, it's like, you know, it's like a public Sainsbury's. holiday for that. Yeah. And exactly. Tesco and, and Pride Cups for Costa and cool. Coffee. Absolutely fine with that. You know, I mean, they but I think obviously in the beginning they were like very political, very, you know, you know, again, goal orientated, you know, they were there for a real purpose. So they have a place, you know what I mean? As even just as acknowledge the history of it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because they didn't have a voice and these organisations and marches gave that to that community, you know what I mean? But again, outside of what I can read in a history book or off a Wikipedia page, like, you know, I'd I'd love to hear more about it, especially for people in and around, you know, the city. Aye, definitely. What was your feelings on the the whole I mean, it's every year now, but the it felt like this year the pop the poppy issue okay. was and I and but I can remember sort of like a point in time when you were a proud Aye. poppy weather. Yeah. Is that still the same? No. I, I think it's it's weird. I think when I was at uni it's one of the well the main crux of my course was British identity through literature. And I think to a certain degree at eighteen years old, you know, two or three years of that and that was the core class through you know, a considerable period of time. Like, I think you know, I might have become slightly brainwashed to an extent by it. Um because there was great British writers and great British novels and great British poets and playwrights and philosophers and all these things that I studied. And, you know, a lot of them were really inspiring, you know what I mean? So I think at the end of that process, I was quite, you know, comfortable in my British identity, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, I think I've also never really felt comfortable with my Scottish identity, to be honest with you. But at the same time, you know, that was the more prominent aspect of how I felt, you know what I mean? Like, um, I think as I've got older and, you know, learned a wee bit more about history out with, you know, what I'm getting taught in classrooms or recommended to read and stuff like that, that... You know that kind of soured a bit for me, and I'm not. Th- I'm not saying you shouldn't respect, the, you know, people who fought and died in wars. I think the Poppy is a, a beautiful thing in terms of the remembrance of what happened at World War One, and I think this year, uh, you know, the hundredth anniversary of the end of the war, it's important to recognise that. Like, there's absolutely no doubt about that. Um, I think probably about halfway through Tony Blair's time as Prime Minister, the Poppy began to become hijacked by interests with ulterior motives mm-hmm. and I think it was about the quelling of dissent for actions in Iraq and Afghanistan that we were now responsible for the deaths of hundreds of thousands and millions of people and I think the poppy was kind of weaponized to a certain degree yeah. um, to sort of quell that dissent and I think it's been subsequently used by guys like David Cameron and so on in exactly the same manner and that's their right, you know, guys like Tommy Robinson and all these other nuggets that are cutting about poppy fascists and stuff like that. Leave them to it. I don't care. I'll observe them in its silence tomorrow at 11 o'clock because I believe it's the right thing to do. Um, I'm happy to donate to charities. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the personal sort of choice for me now is just to do those things quietly. You know what I mean? I don't need to advertise my political outlook where... A red bit of paper on a jacket, uh-huh. you know what I mean. So, but you know, folk each to their own. I mean, some of the some of the carnivore about running it has become insane. Um, I don't know if you follow like Giant Poppy Watch on Twitter. The guy's <laughs> no. a fucking genius. He's like the Gammon Points guy. So he is like, right. and uh, honestly, yeah, I dig him out, man. Like some of the actual poppy porn is just outrageous. So as like, I seen one the other day up in Glasgow. It was a it was a remembrance bin. So it was, 
but like people have taken to like decorating their houses like extensively in poppies uh there was one that oh no there's, there's a poppy on, <laughs> on fucking the cookie, cookie monster. monster you know what i mean Whoa. um Fuck that's not, that's the tip of the iceberg mate um uh, we remember bin lorry oh jesus christ <laughs> aye well i'm not jesus christ dalek a dalek where what? there was one it was a, a hawk and a london train station had been brought in to scare off yeah, pigeons aye and the, the hawk's got a fucking it? poppy on it wow no that is too much that you know what is I mean? too like, much it's not a respectful thing no. anymore. You know what I mean? Like it's not oh. a solemn act of remembrance. It's, yeah, it's a poppy. It's, adver- it's you know, virtue signaling into it. That isn't even wearing a poppy on your shirt. That is a shirt made of poppies. Poppy pyjamas. Poppy pyjamas. There's like poppy lingerie and all the rest of it. That's crazy. And you're like, how is that cool? You know what I mean? Like, although I love the fellow, who's the wee old boy that's on Twitter for back then who... Was like I don't wear a poppy because I've fought blah 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 and Sunday went, Oh, you know, you sacrificed nothing and then the guy just absolutely owned him. It was beautiful. So aye. it was like you know, he was a POW survivor, aye, the guy. Like he was an actual veteran of both wars and he was like, You'll know where I'm a poppy. And you're like, I because I went and fought in both of the wars, son. I mean, it's became as ridiculous as the American obsession with the flag. Oh. Um and the kneeling during the anthem. Mm-hmm. Aye, it's just it's nonsense. I think the whole James McLean thing as well was absolutely mental. I don't know how many times that lad needs to say to people, look, it's not for me. Do what you want. Exactly. For it to be something that doesn't get dug out. You know what uh-huh. I mean? Like, it's absolute bullshit, to be fair. Aye. And, and aye, I think the James McLean, it, the, it, it's every fucking year. Aye, with nonsense. this guy, you're like, leave him alone. Aye, how many times does he need to tell you the same thing? I don't know. It's crazy. But, I mean, the, as far as, like, my views and the, the poppy, I, I I don't, I've never wore one. Mm. I've never had an opinion on it. I've never really cared. But now, absolutely fucking not. Like, as soon as somebody tries to say that you need to do something, I'm instantly like, yeah. really? We'll see. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But especially when it's coming for this whole sort of Britishness, and I think that you're right in saying that when it was a symbol of remembrance of the world wars even though what, the majority of these people solemn remembrance uh-huh. <laughs> you know exactly. some of what we've just seen doesn't even remotely cover and i think I mean? that you're bang on and saying that when they made it about remembering anybody that was fallen and then the, the sort of connotations are wars that we don't agree with that do you know what i mean i've got absolutely no problem with individuals absolutely. and like i would never ever disrespect somebody that has died in any conflict that the country no absolutely but, not if I don't agree with why we're there, then I'm definitely not going to, like you say, like outwardly project that politically by wearing yep. a poppy. Um, I, it's almost like, do you know what I, I hate about it? It's almost like an opinion's been fucking forced onto me on this issue because everybody else seems Aye. to care so much about it. And it's it's, it's what uh, what people miss most is that like the the British Legion, amazing organisation really genuinely try to care for people that need it and this sort of poppy fascism that comes out every year this you know justification for violence elsewhere in the world where we're having solemn remembrance for our guys whilst yemen's bombed and all these other kind of things you know with british missiles and whatnot but it like it co-opts you as you say you know what i mean like you're it's something that you're forced into and it's no real and it's just it's counterproductive you know what i mean like because the guys that should be remembered are now forgotten 
because you're offended by illegality. You know what I mean? Like it's, I don't know. It's it also shifts the blame away for the government. You know what I mean? Like because these guys send boys all in the world, boys and girls all in the world to die, to get injured and maimed, come back psychologically fragile and stuff like that. And I think if they have the money and the resources to send them, they should have the money and resources to look after them when they come back. And it shouldn't be up to guys like the Legion at this point, a hundred and whatever years later, or what, a hundred years later, obviously, mm-hmm. um, to still be bearing uh, that burden. It's You know what I mean? It's almost like a, a something that was created because those walls bankrupted the com- the country, so that mm-hmm. it was something that was needed, and now it's just something that's expected because... Yeah. Are they fuck gonna fund that? Do you know what I mean? Aye. Like, absolutely. I mean, the guys with Iraq War syndrome were just left to rot in mm-hmm. like hospitals and stuff like that. So, um, and that's the exact same sort of thing that happened in America. Is this outrage against, uh, like, I mean, like black black guys essentially mm-hmm. that took a knee and sort of protest against police violence against black people, and it's not that. That, aye, why, no, is that no, why they, that's, that's why they took an right, eye during the yep. anthem aye that was the reason and it was like spun as this like you're disgracing the troops and you don't respect aye. the flag and it's like where the fuck does that come from yep. it comes from fucking Trump first of all Spin. so it comes from the, 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 the top and it shits down on everybody else but then you're looking at these people and going the majority of veterans are homeless like you are outraged at this disrespect yeah. but you don't take care of people that come back Absolutely. injured Unable to take care of themselves and in the most part fucking mentally ill. Yep. These things change people. And like I think the veteran affairs department in America is one of the biggest, but it's it's obviously mild. I think there's like still whole sections that are done by paper where guys need to be able to like ju- like present records. You know what I mean? Like it's no digitized and stuff like that in large degrees. And obviously it's a massive slow moving bureaucracy as a result. You know what I mean? Like so a lot of these guys probably could be helped if even they put money in the system to modernise just how to keep their records. You know what I mean? But they won't do that. You know what I mean? So what chance have the guys on the street got? None. You know what I mean? And I don't think they can expect anything less for guys like Trump at this point. I mean, obviously the last week has been a complete shit show for the guy and he's still just bouncing stuff away like he's, you know, chilling at Mar-a-Lago. You know what I mean? Like he's, it's like... It's a level of delusion and like disconnection for reality at this point that I'm actually starting to find myself quite impressed by it. Mm. Like because he stood in a room full of like journalists what like, midweek, hundred odd plus, and went like that to Asian journalists. Sorry, I don't understand what you're saying, sit down. To Mexican journalists, sorry, I don't understand what you're saying, sit down. To black journalists, no, that's a racist question, sit down. You know what I mean? Like, and you're like, that is a disconnection for reality that is so overwhelming that I don't know how it would be in Northern by Prespa at this point because I don't I, I, I don't know what the end goal is anymore. I know. You know what I mean? Like, well, is it, to, is it to literally just piss every single person on the planet off and then leave? I don't know. Like, spend uh, everybody's money and then retire? Uh, you know what I mean? Like, I, 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 I think this is a question that I've been asking since he was elected is what what's the point? Or, because nothing happens by, by accident. Hmm. Like, it's... So I, I still don't know. <laughs> I, I, the end goal here is that he makes more money for him and his family, and I think that's I, a, know, I think that like... that's a carrot that's been dangled in front of him from the dirt. I think I think that that's got I to don't be. I think it. there's anybody capable of controlling him, but like for that to be the case, mm. like look at him. I mean, he's you know. 
I think he's. <laughs> I think. I think that's. I think it's perfect. I think that they've. That's the reason why they've they've got Trump is because this is what they've wanted. They've wanted chaos. Well, aye, they definitely. I mean, got it's that. the biggest. It's the biggest sort of distraction. I mean, I aye. couldn't tell you anything that's been on in America other than Trump since he's been elected. This is that. And when you th- when you think that not one brick of the wall has been fucking laid. Oh, aye. I mean, they spent. <laughs> did they spend something like twenty two million dollars on making like? sections of the wall a section an example it wasn't even in place it was just like that's what it's going to look like no in fact it was like four or five different options and they spent like a a, a gross amount of money on even just that but I don't I can't even tell you anything that's went on other than Trump in America since he's been elected which is kind of scary because so much has went on I mean so many mass shootings have happened and he just he steals the headlines for everything that's crazy it's, it's mental I mean, even just looking at the, the the notion that he sacked that Jeff Sessions, you know what I mean? Like, he's now sacked the head of the FBI, the Attorney General that he appointed, and like something like 13 other members of his core staff. Now, it's, it's madness that he's still there because this guy Sessions was aligning the sand for Republicans and... He's now crossed that line, but he's also got them out of the barrel because they've now lost the House. And it's just the guys in the Senate that Trump has got an allegiance to now have to do their help because now it's about damaging the party and getting their agenda through. And it's it's madness. He's, he's been completely unchecked and will continue, by the looks of things, to go completely unchecked. I mean, you know, it's it's it's... It's stunning. I mean, this week to be then using shit for info wars and all the rest of it to imply that press, you know, journalists are assaulting staff when the world's cameras seen. The, you know what I mean? To actually tell you, no, that thing that you seen in your eyes has never happened. You know what I mean? Like you're like the balls on that is it's, unreal. It's scary. Aye, as well as like, it, aye, as much as it's like Jesus, like what is he doing? Or like almost like that's took some serious balls it's scary that there are people out there that will believe him but hang on, even this after is... they've seen that they'll be like no look he, he, uh-huh. he hits her yeah and like, no. i think there was an article on the independent or something this week saying that that it basically doesn't matter what you say to a trump supporter they're not going to believe you even when you can like provide them with video evidence and stuff like that and i'm i'm assuming that came for like an actual study and not just somebody you know randomly making up although you would believe it either way um but I, it's I we're so far beyond like post truth now that it's like doesn't we're not even in reality anymore in a lot of expects uh, respect sorry because mm-hmm. when he can just go that didn't happen when you've seen it what the fuck else is going on uh-huh. you know what I mean like and this circus that is that press conference and telling foreign journalists to sit down because they can't understand them and so on it's and so disgusting. forth uh, <clears throat> is all because he knew that Jeff Sessions was going out the back door. You know what I mean? Like, it's sort of, again, sort of smoke and mirrors to a certain extent, you know what I mean? Like, and aye, who knows what he's going to be emboldened to do at this point, but... Well, we'll, we'll find out if the... If, I'm hoping... I don't know if, if I'm... I don't really care that, but I, I'm hoping that his son does get um, indicted here mm. because I think then we'll, we'll get to see... What... I think this guy Mueller's playing chess. Like, I think he's thinking about this tactically. He's seeing the moves that Trump's making. He's putting information out there that says, well, I can indict X, Y, and Z. Uh-huh. Get subpoenas for this one, that one, and the other one. I'm just ready to go. I think Mueller's sitting there just basically kind of waiting like to strike at the minute. Next move. So he is, I, and he's putting out there what may and may not happen to see what Trump does. And, like, 
Trump's a brute and obviously has got his own way, but he's not a fucking chess player. And this guy's no, like, no way. this guy's the former head of the FBI for a reason. You know what I mean? Like he's, he's actually a Republican. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's saying he's a registered Republican. It's a lot of Republicans. You know what I mean? Trump, like, I know, but at the same time, he talks about him as if he's no. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. But I think we're I, in the very immediate future, given the recent election results, we're going to start to see movement because, and the Democrats will be actually pick a fight with the House. They'll be investigating everything they possibly can. Hmm. You know so it I mean? should be quite exciting coming up. Aye, it's going to get silly. Aye, very quickly. And the politics of this country is just—I mean, it's a bit of a joke. Brexit, I mean, look Brexit at, goes for like, oh. like it's almost—it's getting. I'm almost laughing. Jeremy Corbyn and Der Spiegel. Did you see that? Mm. So the nope. German newspaper last night published excerpts in an interview with him that said, "So." At this point, you know, the people's vote information is X amount of the population, blah, blah, blah. Like, how are you going to stop Brexit? And he goes, well, we're not going to stop Brexit. Article 50 has been triggered. We just now need to deal with Brexit. And you're like, dude, you might be the opposition. Like, the guy, Aaron Banks, who, you know, well, allegedly now has fraudulently funded the Leave campaign, said in an interview with Andrew Marr last weekend that he himself would now vote to remain if there was another vote. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? This is going to be so bad for us that even though this was basically my idea, like, I don't want to date anymore. You know what I mean? So that in itself should probably tell you all you need to know about it. And even Corbyn can't stone up and stone against it. You know what I mean? Well, he's a notorious anti-EU. Yeah. Um, And if he's anything, I would say that he's stubborn. But to lead the country, he needs to do what's best for the country, know what's best for his no, ego. I, I don't think. You know I, I mean? This like, is what this this is. I mean, I started out as a very optimistic uh, mm. supporter of Corbyn. Joined the Labour bad guy. Joined the Labour Party to vote for him. Mm-hmm. Probably I'll advised whenever that was 2014, 2015, would vote fuck it. Let's just give this guy a go. He's so different. This Aye. is what this is. This was my whole motivation. Is is that maybe we'll get an opposition mm-hmm. in Westminster. Um, and it's transpired that he's he's just doing it's like he's a he's as much a politician as any of the rest oh, of them. Oh, that's why he's had a 30 40 year career in politics. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, and look, I'm not to say that he's no well intentioned, I just don't think that what I've seen or heard him that he's really living in like the same area as the rest of his life. You know, I he might be against EU bureaucracy and he might think there's red tape and blah blah blah, but the, the brass tacks are now that we're like three months away for a potential financial catastrophe that sends us back to the fucking Stone Age. Now, you want to be Prime Minister, you want to get into Downing Street, stone out the front of the Labour headquarters and go, we're calling for a general election, and if we win, there'll be a second referendum and there'll be a fucking landslide. You know what I mean? That's If he wants, number, so? if he wants number 10, that's, that's all he needs to do, I think, at this point. Like, people are desperate. Like There's a lot of people who <clears throat> didn't really think about it. I think changing reviews as it gets closer and closer in the actual reality like Aye. a no deal brexit i mean diabetics gone without insulin you know what i mean like the government like already publicizing that don't worry about it but we're stockpiling food Aye. You know, this like, is stockpiling fa- food. this is more fake news like, what the fuck this is where the sort you know of fake I mean? news what? thing because they get away with sort of going this is project fear mm. and it's all do you know what's really sickening about that is that they are the creators of Project Fear, Aye. these fuckers. Yep. Like, they did it in Scotland during the, the 2014 Boris referendum. Johnson's brother just threw him under the bus yesterday about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? I love how he's getting held up as this bastion of like pure social justice now. Like, like, just look up his record. Who's this? this like, Joe Johnson. Joe Johnston. Did they know leave the Tories? 
uh, he resigned a position in protest or whatever. Okay. But it's it's all it's Cameron called this to settle differences in the Tory party, and has divided the Tory party more than it's ever been in the entire you know Aye. recent history. How many, how many like, mates got their money? Yeah, like let's be honest. Absolutely. Two thousand and eight, post two thousand and eight austerity was a money grab, just yep. like Trump in America is a money grab. Yeah. Like it, I think that. Well, I would. Um, I don't. I don't know where I sit on this because I'm worried about the rise of the right wing. Mm-hmm. If we go, if they get this anti-democratic tag of like, you can't have a referendum and then go back on it. But it was an advisory referendum that is now the subject to election fraud. Aye, but you know does that mean? matter? Like, it does should. that matter? I, I know, I know it should. It and should. I'm, I'm definitely like, I think we should, I, I think that there's so much discourse and there's so much like worry about Brexit that we should definitely get a people's vote. We should get yeah. a vote on the final deal. See if, and I, if, it's, if it's yes, then fuck it, we do it. People like Rhys Mogg and Boris Johnson actually campaigned a wee bit on that at mm-hmm. the start of the Brexit campaign before the 260 million to the yeah. NHS get rolled out and they campaigned on well if you don't like it there can be a second vote yeah um, there's YouTube videos of Jacob Rees-Mogg saying it in Parliament yeah it's not a legally binding referendum uh, for a start but it, I, I would I, I'm still I think there needs to be an eye kept on the the, the radical right jumping on it and mm. being like that's anti-democratic and trying to come out as but like the radical right we're of the people. are on the rise all across the world. Like they'll find something else to jump on if it's not this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, and I don't know how you can say something's anti-democratic if it's decided by a vote. You know what I mean? Like if we go, look, here is the actual reality of the situation. Let's go back to the polls and aye, well, see what you, happens. They try and use Ireland as an example. Uh, I've not even thought about what's going on, what's going to happen there with you know borders and all that kind of stuff. I mean, they've got the Tory Party willing to potentially like torch the Good Friday Agreement just to make a point within their party. You know what I mean? Like it's the whole thing has got so far beyond like political parody at this point that it's it is genuinely frightening. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like nobody's got a fucking clue what they're doing. Like the guys at the EU are all sitting there just looking out and they're repeatedly saying like, none. I mean, the guy Dominic Rab this week. Is you know the Brexit minister or the current Brexit minister after whoever David Davis <laughs> jacked it or whatever it was? Uh, didn't realise what we were getting into here, and you're like, hold on, what? You're the Brexit secretary, dude. You know what I mean? What? So I think you know, two years later, this is where we are. Aye. You know what I mean? Like, so I mean, let's so let's not do it. Let's aye. just just I, just wrap it. You I know think, what I mean? Like, I would. I I think that this like you'd said that if. Corbyn was to just do exactly what you said. Call a general election. It would, I'd, I'd be happy about that. I think ultimately, but I've got this sort of niggling sort of like. He's not going to do that. He, uh, no, he's never going to do it. Is it? What no, do you he think gets about to call like, a general election, but you know what I mean. What, what do you think about the rise of a, a third, or what would be a fourth? But the Lib Dems are dead anyway. But like another political entity in like Britain. I think we said in like previous episodes, like. I don't think that there's a functional Labour Party, a functional Conservative Party, or a meaningful Lib Dem Party in the UK at the minute. Like, I think they're so torn by division that, you know, they are, in essence, different wings operating under a name that doesn't really all have, you know, the same meaning as it used to. You know what I mean? Like, you look at the divisions in the Tories on Brexit, the divisions in the Labour Party under Corbyn about Brexit, about Corbyn, about leadership, 
Like there's so many factions across the board now that I think, you know, there'll probably be Tories and certain members of the Labour Party that are probably more closely aligned to each other when there's other members of the Tory party that are maybe more closely aligned with UKIPs and whatnot, that members of the Labour Party might be more inclined to lean towards, you know, Lib Dems and stuff like that. And I think there's probably a crossover there that would be more representative of who the people involved are actually about. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, but that's not going to happen because, as I said, you know, we discussed before, first past the post, the stops any real emerging political party for, you know, mm-hmm. rising up through the... They need a massive operation all across the country to make any sort of inroad. And as we were saying prior to coming on, the Green Party, UKIP, polling at 20% of the population, can he win a seat anywhere in the country because their support is so widely dispersed? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's a system that's set up to hamper that type of thing. And that's why these disparate kind of groups are stayed formed under the parties that are currently there because mm. they can't change. What if fucking Tony Blair come back? <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> Bat money behind him. Aye, come back like bloody... <laughs> Old Tony. Aye, like a returning wrestler. You know what I mean? Like pure Ric Flair. Aye. Walking up like pure... Like, Woo! Aye. Aye, exactly. <laughs> aye. Like a, pure spangly jeans and shit. Like a screeching car in it. Aye. Pure, <laughs> and he gets yeah. out and he's pure fucking kicking people <laughs> and punching <laughs> Chucking people out. Uh, Dishing no, at like, all the fuck place. Tony Blair. He no. can get himself to fuck man. Absolutely. Um, we'll get off politics just before we wrap up, man, because cool. we want to make, let, um, end it in a, maybe a, a, a cheerier note. Okay. Um, the rise of Ryan Christie. Oh, aye. It's been almost Stuart Armstrong-esque. He, he, oh, he's missing his like, pure banging haircut. Well, we'll talk about him and Callum McGregor yeah. in the same sort of small, con- short conversation. Um Apart from looking like Lee Evans, which somebody <laughs> pointed out on Twitter the other day, I was like, gee, I totally does look like Lee Evans. Um, th- it's unbelievable, actually unbelievable. What I really liked good. about the lad was that he's, after his performance last Sunday in Edinburgh at, the, at Murrayfield, I seen a picture tweeted for his local Salvation Army the next day where he's just put in the best performance in his Celtic career, single-handedly, you know, turned the course of a cup semi-final against, you know, the nation's league leaders. Uh, and the next morning was doing the Sav Army, like dropping off clays and, you know, posing for pictures and, and generally just what being sound. Legend. And you're like, do you know what? That's, that's, that seems like a good boy to me. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, and he's putting a bit of graft. He's been humble, went out to Aberdeen. He's played well for Aberdeen. You know what I mean? Like, um, he's come back with the right temperament. He's been patient, you know, and when his chance came, you can't say he didn't take it. No, absolutely, you know what I mean? man. He's been incredible. I mean, I thought he was <clears> maybe <throat> as quiet as I had seen him since that Hearts game and on Thursday night, but mm-hmm. then he just popped up with that run. He's first touch thing. and he's, I mean... Breaking the lines is vital. That's what Armstrong did. That's what he's doing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's what guys like Sinclair and that have done for us in the past. But James Forrest is starting to make a real name for himself. Dane is like, we're sitting with two banks of four, two banks of five, or whatever sitting in front of us as hearts were the other week. Yeah. You need somebody to break the lines, and like Christy looks sort of ready made for it. Aye, man. Excellent, man. I hope he can just stay fat, stay in form. And, um, Callum McGregor's another one that I've, I kind of have a similar thing for, and it's, it's weird because as a Celtic fan, I don't remember an awful lot of times where young prospects came up through our ranks, went away on loan, and then come back and hid sort of meaningful success. Like, and obviously McGregor did it, come back under Dyla. And don't get me wrong, it's taken him a few Who's years. It, it was like Notts County. 
So it was. I think he came back with like sixteen goals and like fifteen goals and thirty right. appearances. Before he'd, like had a, before he'd made his debut. Ah, he'd yeah. Been on yep. one. Right. Okay. Um, come back. Obviously, Dyla put him in the team after his good year away. It's taken him a bit of time to obviously find his place. Um, but aye, the way he's been stroking the ball about in recent weeks has been a hang of beauty. And I think it's been a bit of an eye-opener as well because obviously Scott Brown's a colossus, you know what I mean? Like he's an absolute giant in terms of what he's brought to the club and how he's performed in recent years. But, you know, does he use that mobility against a Hamilton or against a, you know, a bottom six side, you know, do we, a, a Dundee or whatever, do we, do we really need that protection of him sitting in front of the back four and maybe potentially slowing things down a bit? Or do, is there space for McGregor's to start rotating in and maybe gain us a bit more options. I mean, I think he'll struggle. He'll, I mean, I think in an ideal world you'll find it will be the two of them. I think you'll find a place, you know, at a Scottish level. For me, I was saying to lads in the in the group chat, at a European level, I'd have Browning and Sham against you know Sturm, sort of Scottish opposition in Aberdeen, a Hibs, or you know Derhun, um, you know maybe Brown and McGregor. And then against everybody else, maybe in Gregor and McGregor and in Sham, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And have that because I think in Sham just naturally mirrors whoever his way. So when Scott Brown's there, I think he's maybe a wee bit more conservative in his approach. But I think when he plays in next to somebody like McGregor, he's got the potential to then show a wee bit more in terms of in Sham's performance. Uh-huh. You know? Well, but I, I mean, I was surprised that he signed a, a new contract. Four year. I mean, you have to assume it's way of view at some point to sell him in the not too distant future. But I think. Uh-huh. We'll get a, another eighteen months out of muscle. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like he's had a year. Tend to find it around about the three year mark has been when we've tried to, you know, in the two to three year mark we've tried to punt people on. And that gives us enough time to say, well, we're responsible for this development and go with our best wishes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Which if that's what he turns out to do in the line, fair enough. You know what I mean? Like, Definitely, he's not supporter. You don't need expectations <laughs> for the boys. The benefits you know? of having like a gajillion central midfielders when Brendan Rodgers came in is that he can now sell off all the best ones, and we've still got some decent central Aye, midfielders. Definitely, kicking about, like, you know what I mean? It definitely um, is. Um, I mean, if it's not done to him, who I don't know who it's done to, but mm. the, the the work that's been getting done. Do you know what I was thinking the other night after that game? Is that how badly, badly this season could have took a turn? I mean, yeah. it's took a turn for the good, and there's been a couple of wee bits. I'm sure he's got his luck, mm. but uh, the message that I've know know that it's earned done way, and I can get my emotions out of the, the slump, mm. the slump, if we could even fucking call it that. But um, is how he his message was consistent. Yeah, and it was, and he, and he was just like, it'll, it'll, I had faith. It will come together. It's just he could see through, just like a sort of. Whereas the, you've got like the Chris Boyd came after his oh, big time man. That, like, I, I think that had a lot to do with it. I think it did. I think this Celtic team's shown a number of times that if you want to, you know, cheer it <laughs> up semi final draws or calls out in the press that you know somebody somewhere's putting it up on the dressing room one we're coming for you after it you know what i mean and i think that's the one thing that we have shown time and again is that when that challenge or that neural needle has come our way that we've kept the heat down and we've just dispatched folk Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and that's i think where we're back in the groove you know what i mean so we're definitely that (laughs) i'm glad to have it on a european level one of my big concerns has been no one in european home games because um, obviously that's something that up until Rosenberg kind of yet today at a group stage um, and I think in the group stages it's important that you take care of your home games and you know obviously we're away performances weren't great in recent weeks we're a bit unlucky in certain areas but at the same time we've won 2 for 2 in the home games and you know 
going to have a tough one next at home with, with Salzburg. But at the same time, you know, if we get anything out of that, and, you know, the last game away to Rosenberg could be brilliant for us. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But we'll wait and see. You know what I mean? Like, it's All a right. tough, tough group. That's you know what it. I mean? But I mean, we're we'll, making strides, I think. Looking forward to games again, which has just been something that's been missing yeah. um, since the start of the season. Um, are you reading or are you listening to anything? Um, no, not so much recently. As I say, the last couple of weeks been pretty busy. Um, I had been um, reading... What was the last thing I read? I was reading that Marcus Aurelius or the meditations for a bit. That's right, I um, just kind of no. That's a, I, I, I leafed through that briefly. You know what I mean? Like, but I've been too busy to be honest with you. I, as I said, I'm, I'm on the lookout for some some new music. I'm, I found it again, but disconnected for it. Simulation theory? Uh, no, yet, no yet. It's good. Ah, yeah. I, I don't doubt it. I know Muse. I, I'm going to enjoy it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's the right type of bonkers last, for me. Last couple of albums have been grows though with me. I, mm. The first one. First listen, I'm like, and then it's you're like, right now. I'm, I'm, I think I've like wondered what they're in about at this point that I know I'm going to like it. I just it's so good. Aye. It's um, I I'll just I'll, I'll leave it. That's so I've been listening to Simulation Theory. Um, Sean, what is the name of that band? Is it We Were Thieves? Is that what they're called? We Were Thieves? Is that? What, I'm not sure. Um, I've been listening to an EP. It's mm-hmm. like a four-track EP on Apple Music. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll stick a link to it actually, and just do below this. Um, and it's, I mean, it's different. Like, so Darren had let me hear their album. So mm-hmm. I think they're like one album, and then they've done this EP. And this, the album and the EP are very different. So I think that's right. why they've just done it as an EP. Probably like three or four tracks that be- maybe didn't fit elsewhere or whatever. Aye, exactly. But they are fucking excellent. I mean, nice. amazing, like heavy rock. Oh like sort of alt rock pop mm-hmm. songs and I, I'll, I'll stick a link to it um, and I, I just recently got a book um, it's actually a, a Scottish lassie called Lee Brooklyn and it's called How to Be a Fucking Unicorn and, <laughs> um, love and, that title so I'm ch- chatting to her about getting her on the podcast she's in New York just now um, she's like cool. splits her time between New York and Scotland so going to try and get her on she's a, definitely a unique character right okay the book love that. that title totally does her justice right you know what i mean so outstanding should be good man but that's us like over well over an hour now man cool man um i've enjoyed just sitting chatting again man. definitely it's good to get back in the habit back. so hopefully we'll, we'll have something next week I've, we've got a couple of i've got a phone call to make a couple mm-hmm. of phone calls to make hopefully we'll get some done next week but i man i've missed this and it's, Aye. it's been really good talking it's been good i've enjoyed it man until next week or right. next time cheers <laughs> cheers